This message is based entirely on 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 to 11. As Paul continues his education of young Timothy in Ephesus, he begins, But we know that the law is good, if one uses it lawfully. In less than one sentence, the Apostle makes a statement that, at first blush, appears intuitive. Sure, the law is good. We knew that Paul, a Mosaic law scholar himself, is talking about Torah. He's talking about the writings of the prophets the kings David and Solomon. He is reminiscing over the hours of lecture, study, and discussion at the feet of the great Gamaliel, his mentor. But there's more than a romantic recollection of fond days gone by. There is another plane of thought being considered by the prisoner of Rome. The endless parade of rules not found in the law. These are the Pharisaic regulations deemed by the experts to be important to God. But who will question the Pharisees? After all, they are the only ones uniquely qualified to ask questions and develop the requirements of God. As Paul remembers his progression from tent maker to scholar to zealous prosecutor of the law, he is disrupted by the blinding light. Rav Shaw, as he was known, encountered a teacher far beyond Gamaliel. This teacher revealed to Paul, as he became, a lawful interpretation of which he'd never imagined. The realization must have been earth-shattering. Imagine, if you can, literally everything you thought you were taught and understood suddenly revealed as being actually misapplied inventions of a carnal mind. The law on which all of this was based is true and comes from God. How the law was interpreted and applied by men rendered the beliefs of the Pharisees essentially invalid. As applied by Paul himself, this interpretation and application 
was anti-Christ. There's even a name for it. Legalism. Suddenly, the persecutor found himself the prosecuted by God in Jesus Christ himself. The law that the zealous Pharisee swung like a hammer was now being lawfully applied in the judgment rendered by the Messiah. After shuddering with a tremor that must have rattled him from head to foot, Paul continued, realizing the fact that law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane. If we are honest, we are caught in the same dragnet with the author. If we are righteous and pure, as Christ is, the law is something that exists for those people. The other. Notice the use of the conditional if. One could just as readily say, as if. Paul says in another letter, this time to the Romans, quoting the Psalms, there is none righteous, not even one. Paul uses harsh but entirely appropriate language to describe our state apart from Christ. Lawless, ungodly, unholy. The descriptions are given not for us to wear as scarlet letters to brand us forevermore, but to remind us of our former state before we encountered Jesus. You see, the law serves the same function as the donated mirrors found in the bottom of the laver at the entrance to the Holy of Holies. We must find ourselves in the abyss in order for us to be saved from the abyss. And yet, Jesus himself told another biblical scholar, No one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Jesus of Nazareth, a carpenter from a nowhere town in Galilee, has been sought out by arguably the most revered teacher of the law at the time, one Nicodemus. The scholar conducted what I believe was an honest investigation of the teacher, asking, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? And finally, how can these things be? Jesus' teaching was a tectonic shift in Nicodemus' thinking. Then, subsequently, in Paul's. Paul completes his thought for Timothy using even more specific and shocking imagery to emphasize our separation from God. For those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. Stirred into some graphic details describing those for whom the law was created, we find a reference back to Paul's target. False teachers those who would mislead the ignorant found in Ephesus and those found here and now are included in some terrible company. Nonetheless, all who find themselves outside the law are, by definition, lawless. But 
those separated from God only remain there if they refuse to believe in Jesus Christ, if they refuse to accept the fact that they are lawless, if they refuse to reject the behavior that associates them with other lawbreakers, if they refuse the saving grace offered by God through his only Son. For now, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.